of the college football season. This is the Never Ending Glory College Football Podcast. Nick Schill here with uh, the normal cast of characters, Sean Z, Farky, and Memphis Matt. Sean, I know you love this. I just came back from Notre Dame. Um, voice is recovering a little bit, so I might sound like Brad Nessler right now. Um, you, you're definitely going to love this. On the drive from beautiful Brunswick, Ohio to South Bend, Indiana, it is all turnpike. There are no other options. And the only place we could stop at were like these service centers, kind of truck stops. So I know where this pod's going to head here shortly. On the way there, Burger King. On the way back, Burger King. Thoughts? I mean, you had it your way. There's no other way to, to, to explain it. I mean, it's really rich. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, I guess that's the angle. I mean, if anybody sticks to brand, it's you. I mean, you live in probably, you know, ghetto there's no grass and uh you live off burger king and uh ices so i mean don't let going to one of the more prestigious universities in the country dissuade you from staying who you are stay true to yourself right memphis matt hey i'll tell you what and a completely underrated sandwich is the chicken tender crisp from burger king my i'm more concerned with the fact that you just hang out at random truck stops that's my problem truck stops are garbage I did get the chicken crisp on the way home. It was definitely a whopper on the way there. Here's the thing. With He's the, cool. Any any place you could go to take a piss, get gas, and buy yourself a CB radio, I don't hang out at those places. Huh. Farky, any thoughts here? I, I know you're joining us here from um, Utah there, visiting your family. What's up? Yeah, what's up? I'm in uh, Moab, so checking out some of the – the most prestigious uh, rock formation national parks down here and uh, try to get over to the stadium with the never ending glory podcast shirt and get a shout out on Twitter over there at the uh, um, previous home of urban Meyer. So um, yeah, enjoy my time here. No, I have no takes on the Whopper. I'm a big fan of the Whopper with cheese without I'll pass. But other than that, uh, try to avoid the heart attack. Oh yeah. The the cheese is is what's giving you. Yep. (laughs) It's not the dollop of mayo that they slap on top of it. FYI, it goes Wendy's, Arby's are top two, and nothing else is close. I mean, I couldn't disagree with that more. What's number one? (laughs) I mean, let's just put it this way. You went to Burger King where you're just fed utter vile garbage from those places alongside the highway, glorified truck stops um, from some overgrown – fat belly yeast infection uh you have no call or say on what the ranking is here's my problem with arby's it looks the same in the toilet as when you eat it that's my God, problem you, with love bowel, you love bowel movements oh uh, dude i had like five of them today it wasn't good fantastic uh i mean i mean we I, could segue my, my your number picks record but let's segue instead to our new leader we got to give him a little bit of time to gloat you know, obviously he didn't have a good year last year. He struggled on NFL, but he is the leader in the clubhouse thus far after uh, five weeks. 
that is one Farky. Any comments or uh, gloating that you want to do uh, directed at us? No, I'm going to eat a little bit of humble pie here tonight and, and not gloat too much. I will say I was awesome the first 10 games of the week last week. I think it was like 8-2. and two. Um, Oh, you sent a text to, to uh, the Monday Night Man. I heard about it. And you're, oh, I'm doing oh, yeah. so great. And then I texted the no, Monday no. Night Man the next day and said, you know, Farky ended up 9-9. Nine and nine. This reeks of typical Monday Night Man fashion because that whole conversation started as a text from him complimenting me on how well I was doing with the picks. And that was because I was telling him that. That's standard okay, I Monday Night Man. I wasn't bragging. And then I told him, yeah, not too bad. I said, problem is, if you look at the second half of the slate across the board, we're all about 2-8. and eight. So, yeah, 9-9 nine and nine is a, a little deceiving. Started out hot and couldn't have been any worse the second half. But uh, <laughs> we'll try to keep it rolling this week. Uh, two weeks in a row, I think, uh, gives me some validity, and, and I'll really tip my own cap then next week on the pod if that happens. I'll be Man, I'll tell you what. Next week. Shell, so you had a total overall. We're going to leave out Memphis, Matt, because there's nothing positive to say. Um, unless you want, you want to have anything you want to say for yourself, Memphis, Matt, because you're heading towards yeah. hyper territory. Yeah, what I'd like to say is uh, nice week last week, Shill. Four and fourteen, huh? That's impressive. Yeah, he eats you by a win. You want to know what's great? So, I I don't have to get my Notre Dame back because I already prefaced that on the first pod, last pod, what I was going to do there. I actually won money, but my picks went four and fourteen in this. Um, I, I look back through my picks, and I don't know if you guys want to share on this as well. Um, I've probably bet, for not probably, I've bet thirty three percent of the, of these games. So I. We we do this for the podcast because anybody that's you know really listening to us wants to know about the you know the top twenty five games the games they're gonna watch those are the games they're gonna bet no one's betting army no one's betting these off the wall games which is um, you know where there could be value and usually the games I look at so yeah my picks sucked and they're probably gonna suck this week and you know we'll try to find a couple games you like and maybe go from there um, unlike last year we are. Um, you know, struggling a little bit. We're 1923. We're down 3.95 units on the year. As I look back through last year's picks, I, we're not winning those coin flip games like we did last year, guys. So games yeah. we win comfortably, yes, and we, we've had a couple air balls. It, it's those coin flip games where it's one possession, one turnover that really changes the spread there. And, you know, hopefully that regresses the mean here and we uh, get back in the positive. Yeah, the funny thing what is, really I actually made more money this year than I did last year, um, and I had a significantly better record last year. So, again, we're not betting all these games. I think it goes without saying. We are betting the ones we say at the end, you know, that we tie to consensus and talk through. So we are, you know, down down in that regard. But uh, I think from that perspective, it's so bizarre that I'm actually up in college and NFL this year. Um and, and I'm in deposit mode with some of our favorite online sites, which I always enjoy getting that check from Singapore. Hey, it just just so our listeners know that we do have some skin in the game, I'll say this. I do play every <laughs> pick that we post as a consensus. I do, because, I do because I did it last year on my own, along with obviously, you know, what we threw in for the pod as a, a pod group. Um, but I saw no reason not to do it this year. And obviously anybody that knows – you know, falling through an entire season. You can't stop midway through, so I'm going to play it out. We'll well, here's happens. what I will say. It, you know, hopefully you've gotten this tone from the pods. We literally bet on anything. We take dice to random places and just break out dice games. Uh, we'll bet on, 
you know, the next run pass play of a game. Like we will, there's nothing that we won't bet on uh, amongst our group of friends. So hopefully that comes through and bleeds through that we'll throw it around like we don't care. Um, you know, you make it to live it. So that's my motto. And, and, and to piggyback on Shill's point about losing out on a lot of those coin flip games, the thing that's even, I think, more frustrating for us is there's a couple games, especially last week, you know, Duke at home against Virginia Tech, Mississippi State at home against Florida. Losing those games, I there are just some games this year that j- just baffled me. Well, we were just dead wrong on that. I mean, it, those were – it was actually nice. We didn't have to bother to sweat it out. Um, the ones that I, that I find frustrating are the ones that – it feels like we're on the winning side. The yards and, and some of the, the key stats line up. And, you know, we've take, taken L's on those occasions. Clemson. Clemson's done that to us. Well, Clemson last week notwithstanding. But, yeah, point taken. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what shakes out. You live and learn. And uh, it makes the weekends enjoyable. So that's what matters first and foremost. But we're in it to make money. We're in it to make money for you guys. So if you're fading us, you're up. And if you're not, you better start riding with us because we're about to get hot. All right, guys. Um, as you all know, I was in um, South Bend this weekend. Did not see one minute of the Ohio State-Penn State game. So do we want to touch on these uh, two main games here before we get into the Week 6 games? I don't. Uh, my takeaway, and I think this is probably the consensus, I didn't leave there feeling like Ohio State was an overly elite team. I was actually disappointed uh, up until the third quarter. Then it came alive, and then they kind of – you know, retracted back a little bit until they got a last drive where they got, I think, 75 yards in screen plays just because Penn State and Franklin went batshit crazy with their personnel packages and their calls. So I didn't leave it overly excited long term, but, you know, that it was a fun game to watch as far as tension, but not a terribly well-played game. Yeah, my takeaway would be that I still have an issue with our linebackers. We're still giving up chunks of yardage up the middle, particularly to McSurley during that game. Um, Haskins, you know, especially down the stretch there to win the game, was solid. I don't think you can say he didn't play a good game. He did. Um, And then Chase Young, defensive end, was huge. What do you have? Two sacks, three tackles for loss, uh, forced fumble. Made the big play at the end of the game. And uh, lastly, something I read uh, in a post, post-game article on McLaren, uh, wide receiver for the Buckeyes. That, that dude was a stud as far as sticking it out with no catches and, and makes three blocks on K.J. Hill's uh, score-leading touchdown in the fourth quarter that, that ultimately won us the game. So, um, you know, we, we did have some bright spots individually there. But, again, it's, it's just the same glaring issue up the middle with the linebackers. Yeah, and for me, um, it was just standard, another big game where Urban gets, you know, cold feet and becomes a little bit, um, I mean, non-aggressive. You know, we're we're just playing to try and win the game instead of, you know, showcasing our talents when we have it. And that's a great point. That that block uh, by McLaurin on the, on the edge, um, basically taking out one guy and then taking out all three at one time was insane. They've been showing the showing the replay on Twitter all week and stuff like that, so... Yeah, kudos to him as well. But, um, you know, just another game where I feel like Urban just kind of comes in and just wants to get the W, and it doesn't matter how it looks. Um, I would like to see more aggressive. I mean, would we throw three or four plays over top coverage in that entire game? Well, I mean, um, put it this way. They don't they don't give us the ball in the second quarter with, what, five minutes to go? Show sure, it's 13 nothing, and we look hopeless. And yeah. – 
all of a sudden then we come down and get points and we're winning the game. We got no business winning it come third quarter. So it was a real, real big momentum switch. Um, and Penn State had all the chances in the world to be up 20 yeah, and a half. Yeah, uh, that was one thing, uh, you know, Reggie and I were sitting by each other at the game, and he mentioned, oh, that turnover's big, Ohio State's going to win. And so so two take, takeaways from what I saw on the text and kind of looking at the box score here, did McSorley really ro- run for 175 yards? And um, d- d- does Urban – Yes. Do, do you find the play calling a little bit tighter now that Urban's back? Or is this kind of a – you know, scared of a road game. I, yes. You know, I, I know you guys were mentioning that there on a group chat. He gave way too much respect to the atmosphere. That's what he went in. You could tell he was a ball of stress from the start. I mean, that was something that, that my wife said is like, I can't, and she's a Penn State grad. Like, I can't imagine him going through the level of, of like, he's going to give himself like heart palpitations. Uh, and it just seems like, why isn't he loose? He's got more talent. Like, he should have been loose as hell. He should have been thrown over the top, like Nader's saying. And, and yet he keeps coming out to this silly-ass formula that isn't going to work when you face these two or three like or better talented teams at the end of the season. And that's a great point because I, I remember specifically listening to an interview with him heading into the weekend, and he addressed the whiteout for probably, I don't know, four sentences. And it was the third or fourth time it seemed like going into this game, I've heard him talk about it, and he does it every year. He's played, what, maybe three years there now? Three times? They're wearing Why white. Why even address like, who it? Cares? Who cares? They're wearing white. Like, who, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, the workers at White Castle wear white. Who gives a rat's ass? Right. They're not intimidating. Yeah, that, they end up with pony sauce all over their shit. So, whatever. Alright, uh, let, let's get into week six games. Uh, we are... Re- Go ahead. Sorry, Fargo. Hold on. I got one more take. We can't. We can't skip this. We we can't. We can't skip this takeaway. So I don't know if any other guys saw it. I know Sean probably did. We have a new guy, Bobby Petrino, who is a bigger dumbass than Mario Cristobal. Did, did do any of you other guys know about this situation, Sean? Did you see oh, I, the end of that game? I watched it. Here's the thing. They they weren't going to be able to completely run the clock out. Like Florida State was still going to get the ball. But yeah, I'm I'm fully aware. Up three on the 21-yard line. Florida State has two timeouts. They ru- Instead of running the ball twice and kicking a field goal and leaving one minute left, they throw an interception on first down and then give up a 50 and, and the best was Petrino absolutely undressed his quarterback. Like, why the <laughs> hell would you do that? Why did you do it? And, the, and it was great afterwards because Willie well, was like, yeah, we couldn't believe they threw it. They did us a favor. And the corner or safety that caught it, A.J. Westbrook, uh, he said, I couldn't believe when they were doing it, but I just had to just jump it and make the catch. I'll, oh, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you what. Does any, has anyone noticed how red Petrino's nose gets? He should probably see a dermatologist because I think he needs a skin graft or something. Jesus. I'll tell you what. The happy days for Petrino over there are long gone. It's it, He might be somebody we start adding to the list here over the next couple he, years. Yeah, here's the thing. He's got a $14 million buyout. He ain't going anywhere because they ain't got Papa John pizza money anywhere from that Plastic surgeon looking cat. <laughs> last thing I'll say about last week is ND, ND playoff hype is real for me now. So other than that, I'll move on. Yeah, I might I might touch into that. Uh, I'll lead off. Yeah, the, the very we'll last game we'll cover is here. Notre Dame yeah. Virginia Tech. I'll I'll just I'll touch on a recap, kind of a recap there, and lead into that game once we get to the end of the pot here. So, gotcha. Um, uh, we are recording on Wednesday night. So these lines are from Wednesday afternoon. If you happen to listen to this later in the week, these are 
the line from Bennett Line at the time. First game we're going to talk about. Uh, I'll lead off here. Memphis Mets, super excited to talk about the Red River. Is it shootout? Showdown? I, th- You know what? I it's think it's shootout. shootout. So. Yeah, well, we, we, shootout. we talked about it last it, week. It's shootout. shootout. You Put know that. Put your guns away, Memphis Matt. Um, that's offensive. Texas, cool. OU, uh, neutral game site here as it is every year. OU, uh, line open 8.5. It's down to minus 7. I'm not crazy about this game. I might get super cute, and if I like Texas, I'm going to parlay with the under. If I like OU, I'm going to parlay it with the over. Um, one thing that scares me about Texas is they cannot uh, – I think their average is 3.7 rushing yards uh, per attempt here. So the, the best way to stop OU is to keep them off the field. I'm not sure if Texas has the, you know, really ball control to run the ball. I think Ellinger is going to have to air it out a little bit, which leads to a shootout. I just – and Farky, you're going to make fun of me here. Um, you know I hate trends, but I cannot get over 22-1 and one as an underdog, as a coordinator head coach. I'm unfortunately, I'm unfortunately going to take Texas okay. here. Okay, okay. I think that I think there's value in that in that number though. That's a different type of stat than what what we usually dog or you do. Um, I'm looking forward to this game because of the Herman factor. I don't think there's a probably a higher ranked team that has a more consistent or worse offense uh, week to week that's been saved by their defense than they have. Uh, another stat for this rivalry: last four games have been less than seven, so that's something to consider. Uh, really, what it comes down to for me, Kyle Murray's the best player they face this year. Um, they're going to need to run the ball consistently, which they don't do, to your point. Um, play mistake-free football, don't do. And confuse Murray, I would say, you know, dropping back and, and do some different types of exotic coverages. But I don't I don't really see him doing it this week. So give me OU 31-23. Yeah, I think this is a good number if you want to bet OU. If it were 7.5, I'd probably take Texas. But I want to talk about something else. Um, <laughs> there are few things in this world that I dislike more than state fairs and i've got to imagine that the state fair of texas sucks so bad twinkies on a stick or crap don't fry a twinkie grow up and don't fry ice cream don't fry snowballs don't fry any of that shit give me oklahoma wow uh i feel like you had a similar state fair last year take so uh we might have to go back in the archives and run that one back Uh, that said let's give texas a little credit it's not arkansas it's not Alabama. It's not Mississippi. Uh, so at least they got that going for them. Uh, That's that said, true. We're back to the game. I agree with everything you guys said. I think this is super close. It actually has been seven and a half and bounced back down to seven. There's been you know a lot of things that I've read about sharps kind of jumping on the seven. Then it went to seven and a half, and then you know I had different sharp money kind of coming in on it. Um, I'm taking OU here just because I don't think Texas has played the necessary caliber yet uh, that's going to be able to match up with OU. I think OU had a nice transition week last week and, and is geared up for this one. So I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to do it reluctantly. When I first put looked at this game, I said Texas, but uh, I kind of flipped around as I kind of dug into it a little bit. Yeah, more. Sean, you're right there. This has bounced all over. So we kind of lock on these lines Wednesday afternoon so we can make our picks for our sheet. Here we follow along with uh, lines already moved to seven back to seven and a half. So you're right there. A bunch of people grabbed the seven. Um, so back up to seven and a half. This is something we want to consider later for a pod bet. 
Forky, we'll start with you with the next game. Maryland travels to the big house. Michigan's laying 17 and a half here. Go ahead. So this is another week towards an easy Michigan plus eight and a half season total win. Uh, I can't believe there's still people out there that didn't think that was a, a no-brainer. But they, they're out there, believe it or not. Uh, hilarious. Anyway, um, Michigan defensive end uh, Rashawn Gary still day-to-day. Um, that doesn't really concern me as much as their offense. Um, I think overall, Shea Patterson, quarterback, Michigan, he's been pretty inconsistent as far as, you know, High percentage completions. Maryland, their run is good, but Michigan's a special. Maryland has the worst passing defense in the Big Ten. Um, that's not good when they're not going to be able to run the ball, which is their go-to. Shit, um, who was it? Temple? I didn't watch the game, but the Temple stopped their run. Uh, I think they beat them like 35-10, 35-14, something like that. And that was because their passing game couldn't respond. They had like 63 yards and two interceptions. So, uh, I like Michigan here, especially coming off that scare against Northwestern. Got behind early, fought back, won it in the second half. Um, I think it's a bounce back roll type win for them. Michigan. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> He's choking up bourbon. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, one glaring factor in this game, and I know Farky loves trends, is since Harbaugh's been in Michigan, um, <laughs> Michigan has outscored Maryland 122-13. to So I don't know if that's good or not. But um, here's the thing. Maryland's coming off a bye, and Michigan's getting ready to go into the uh, the meat of their Big, Ten, um, their Big Ten schedule. I think right now it's just a simple play on Maryland just because of what Michigan's getting ready to go into and gear up for. So I've got Maryland like losing thirty-one seventeen. So I'll take the Terps plus seventeen and a half. Yeah, this is so. It's funny because I, I mentioned I originally put down Texas. I, in this case, I originally put down uh, Michigan. I'm going to flip back to Michigan in this one. I actually think they had a little bit of a breakthrough in that second half. Their defense shut down Northwestern, who's kind of got a little bit of a similar type spread formation uh, that they saw, and, and it kind of got uh, Northwestern in check after that. Then the offense started to lean on. I like a, a, a jumping out early type situation, maybe 14 nothing end of the first quarter, and then at that point I think they just kind of ride it out and get the cover. So I'm going to take the Wolverines here, but I can easily see that that extra half point is is interesting. So I probably gave the little Memphis Matt a little chance to, to maybe pick one up on, on us. <clears throat> I need to pick up about 40. I agree with everything you guys said. At 17, I might play it. At 17 and a half, I'm laying off. Um, I I hate the look at spot. Um, I got nothing else really. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Michigan for the pot. I'm gonna lay 17 and a half. Another uh, Big Ten game here. Northwestern travels to Michigan State. Memphis, Matt. Michigan State's laying 11 at home. Yeah, I, you know, I I think Northwestern is just beaten down and trodden after the last the start to the season. You know, they they came out strong, and I think they had a chance to beat Michigan last week. Like Sean said, they really just shut them down in the second half. I think D'Antonio is going to get the the squad rolling. I think this line's a little low too. Um, this is one of my more favorite games of the week, and we'll get into it here. But it's a it's going to be a consensus. It looks like um, you know I've got Michigan State by seventeen here. Um, I'm not really sure if Northwestern can can really get get on track on the offensive side of the ball to uh, to hang in this game. So give me Michigan State. Yeah, I think this is a big kind of come letdown spot Northwestern. I think they put everything they had into that Michigan game. Go on the road here. It, it will take. Uh, 
a pretty significant Fitzgerald uh, performance coaching-wise to be able to conjure up enough here. I think Michigan State finds a way to get enough points. I think they've got to get to, to 24, um, and they got to get some things righted. So hopefully they do, and if they if they can't, I, I think we're looking at 24-10, maybe 27-10 uh, and a Michigan State. I agree, player. even though um, uh, they host Penn State next week, but I, you know, I – I think Northwestern's going to lay down here. I'm going to lay the 11 as well. Parky? I think D'Antonio knows they've got to start playing well if they want to play with Penn State. Farky, consensus? Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys on consensus with the the collapse against Michigan and then traveling on the road, all of that. You know, they have the worst running game in the Big Ten. And then, like we mentioned last week, the one bright spot they had was that running back, Jeremy Larkin, who had to retire from football. And without him against Michigan last week, they went 34 carries for 28 yards. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on Michigan State. And keep everyone keep an eye on Memphis Matt to ride D'Antonio here towards the second half of the season and then pick him <laughs> not to cover against the Buckeyes. Sean, uh, next book. game, Boston College is at NC State. NC State's four-point favorites at home. Yeah, I loved NC State last week, um, and I think they just kind of continue that. It's a little tricky spot, but the fact that BC – kind of ended up coming back and handling their business. Uh, this is going to be a physical game. You know, I, I like the number and where it's at, uh, but I just I like the home field and, and the senior quarterback. Uh, A.J. Dillon's been strong, but I think NC State's front seven is going to find a way to contain him, and I, I like the Wolfpack in this one. And, and then I start to like in, in subsequent weeks some kind of um, – you know, fading against against them. So I think this is a nice spot. And then, you know, the week and weeks after, you can start looking the other way. Yeah, um, they're really going to contain A.J. Dillon because he's out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, he's say he's, yeah, he's hurt. Well, that's even better. Well, are you, did you read he's out? Because four hours ago he was listed as day-to-day. Well, their coach hasn't come out and said – uh, he didn't give any update yet, so I'm guessing we're. So gonna that's do. why I'm surprised this lines out because he's one of the best run backs in the country. So what, I'm surprised they've even posted this at minus uh, four, unless Shill's right, he's not playing. Yeah, and all they have is a, I think, true yeah, freshman. That's what I looked at yesterday, and usually, um, you know, I don't put a huge bearing in a, you know, running back and what they do to the line. The fact that he's banged up, and I read yesterday he was out, so maybe that has changed a little bit, but he's not a. I, I've got a questionable right now. I'm looking at it. So this might That's be an opportunity for us right after this pod. We're jumping on this at NC State because I think the line set at him playing. Yeah, he's not practiced, and they said he's day-to-day. That was as of, whatever, 4 o'clock. They averaged 200 yards rushing, uh, and, and from a passing perspective, about 175, whereas NC State has a little bit more balance. They obviously don't run it as well, uh, but I, I like – that, that's why I like Dancy State in this spot, and I think they're going to be able to contain Dylan. So if he's out, I think we'll, let's get ahead yep. of this. Uh, Boston College has been a decently surprising team this year, but I think NC State's better on both sides of the ball. They don't run the ball particularly where well. There you go, Sean. Um, but I think they're going to pass all over BC. So I really like NC State here. Whether Dylan's 50%, 100%, or he's out, um, I'm taking NC State here. Farky? Yeah, if Dylan's out or even if he's hurt, anything that pushes BC away from running the ball is going to just push me in more in favor of NC State. So I'm on them for sure. Now, I do like the under here at 59. I um, actually like the under in this spot. I, my only thing with that, BC's playing a lot more up tempo, and 
we really got to see if, if Dylan's not playing, they might chuck it around even more than they normally do. So even with the, the pace and the passing, um, you know, we can talk about that later. Memphis, Matt, we got to Well, they're probably – Go ahead, Farky. I was just going to say they're still going to run the ball. From what I read, they have three other backs that have all – Produced well statistically, yeah, and they I ran. Think, okay, they run a okay. cover up more. That that's my. Thing. Yeah, they they run fifty one times a game, so they're going to run it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's it's about Finley and the throwing game of NC State. You know, they're I think in the top ten in passing yards this year. He's averaging about three hundred and thirty yards a game. BC is basically middle of the pack in the country at stopping uh, the pass. I think they're like sixty fifth, sixty sixth, somewhere around there. Uh, they're giving up, you know, almost 230 yards a game passing. Um, so to that, um, and with the Dylan up in the air, um, they've got NC State's got a really nice defense, um, and I think they're giving up about 16 points or so a game. Um, so I, I really like NC State here. So it's next be a game, consensus. guys. I really don't know what to do with this one. Clemson are 17 point favorites at Wake Forest. Um, I'll lead off here. Trevor Lawrence is expected to play it, from all reports that I'm reading. Is he 100%? I don't know. Um, I think Wake's competent enough to keep this in the number. I hate this game, um, but for the pod, I will take the home dog here. I'll take the 17. Farky. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Clemson. Um, Trevor Lawrence injury isn't even a factor for me here. I think he plays it. it he'll be you know, his normal contributor. Uh, I know Clemson's a better team than Wake. Um even with the, or I'm sorry, I know Clemson's a better team. They barely beat Wake, barely beat A&M. It doesn't matter. Um, I still, th- I still think they dominate here. Uh, the, the bad, the bad ones they've had, like I mentioned earlier, with the A&M and, and Wake, Cuse. they've been on the heavy side of the stats. Yeah, Cuse. They've, they've dominated those, those games statistically. And like you guys said, you've had some bad losses previously in those types of games. They at least pulled those out and won. That tells me a little bit about them. So with even, especially with the scare last week, it leaves me feeling a little better Memphis about the Matt. cover this week. So give me a, give me Clemson. Who's yeah, I don't, per- <laughs> I don't, I don't particularly like this game that much either. Um, the Trevor Lawrence injury scares me a little bit more than Farkey. Um, but I still think Clemson has plenty of talent to, um, cover here. Plus, it's not like Wake has really all that great of a home field advantage. It's nothing that Clemson's going into. It's not like it's the Tiger Dome, for God's sake. So, give me Clemson. <laughs> Always got to throw them in. Uh, we're leaving them off this week because I don't want to deal they with stink. it. Uh, here's here's my comp. I actually look at this game similar to the Notre Dame game. I think Clemson does what Notre Dame did offensively with Book. Uh, and I think they get after it a little bit and try and get a little sharper because last week they came out flat, a little stale, and they were in a dogfight. So I think we see a pivot there offensively. Defensively, I think the comp between Clemson and Notre Dame is spot on, front seven-wise especially. Uh, I think they're going to just pound Wake, both the, the freshman quarterback, the line, just everything, and I think they're going to make it extraordinarily difficult. I, I like Clemson to get out early, and it just be too difficult for Wake to consistently find ways to get the points. And I think Clemson gets uh, into the 40s, and I just don't see how Wake can get into the 20s. If you like offense, you better change your station. Um, LSU travels to the Swamp. LSU, three-point favorites, been very impressive this year. Farky, who you like? I like LSU minus three here on the road. If there's 
an upset for LSU, I would say this is probably a, a fair spot for it on the road. Uh, but I'm taking them based on the fact their defense is elite. Florida's offense has struggled against better defenses, specifically Kentucky, Michigan State. Um, I don't love this game, but I, I still trust LSU here. I actually like the under better. Uh, the last one I saw was 44. I don't know what number you guys have, but that's where I'm at, LSU. Yeah, I feel like this game's a little bit of a gift here. I'm surprised it's not more like five or six. Um, LSU's just better on both sides of the ball, which is kind of crazy because their offense isn't great. Um, I'm not too sold on that win last week by Florida over Mississippi State. Um, I need to see more from Florida before I'm willing to throw some cash their way. So give me LSU minus the three. Yeah, another game that I've waffled on here. Um, I think LSU's more talented. I just hate them going into this environment. But I do keep coming back to that Auburn win and and that situation and how they played. If if they play similarly, they'll beat Florida by 20-plus. I don't know that they will, but I think they're going to do enough. I'll take LSU, and it's simply an SEC West over – the uh, the East here. I I'm going to take the Tigers. You're flipping. Yep. Okay. You're you're doing the right thing because what you've done is aligned every pick. This is fan. This is fantastic. I actually think Florida's defense is better um, than LSU. Um, Burrow did have his best game last week. Uh, pretty efficient here when I look at the box score. I just oh this is just ugly game. I could easily see. Farky, I'm with you. I like the under. It's 43 and a half right now. If I'm betting this game, it's probably going to be the under. Gun to my head, I'm taking Florida and the points here. Uh, I just think it's better D, and I will take the coaching advantage, obviously, as well. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take three in the home dog. Um, Memphis, Matt, we will start with you here, and then Sean will be right behind you since his Knowles traveled to Miami. Um, cannot believe – if you had told me preseason this line is minus 12 – and probably maybe get have a chance to get to 14, I'd be totally shocked here. So Miami, 12-point uh, favorites at home with the Knolls coming to town. Yeah, I'm going to mostly yield to Sean uh, to Z here. Uh, Nikosi Perry's not good. Uh, Miami's run defense is a little suspect. Um, they were a little too pumped up last week for beating a bad UNC team, but I refuse to bet Francois and Florida State, so give me Miami. Francois actually is leading the ACC in, in yards passing, interestingly enough. Now he's also playing four quarters against uh, Samford, so that probably helps a little bit. But um, I, I, I'm taking Miami. If Derek Kelly and Landon Dickerson play, one will play tackle, the other will play guard. That gets them back to their starters, except for Brady Scott, who's a redshirt freshman that's actually came in the last two games and solidified the right tackle. He did not play in the Syracuse game. He came in late, and then he's been a starter since. They may have found a little bit with that line. The issue that I had when the, earlier this week, because those guys hadn't practiced, is they can't block Gerald Wellis. Uh, an ex-Florida Gator transfer uh, and a, just a big-time defensive lineman, and uh, Jackson, the other 99 for for Miami at the end spot. After that, though, Miami's super thin defensive front. Uh, the linebackers are big-time, uh, but 
if they get tired or worn down a little bit or Florida State is able to run the ball with those starters, we will immediately regret being a consensus on this pick because it will be a rivalry game that will go down to the wire and we're going to say, why the hell did we do this? So I'm not saying I'm throwing a block up yet, but we're going to have to wait until the game time comes because if both those guys stretch out, uh, I, I, I'm i leery of the number. I'm glad I'm going after you because um, I did uh, read some stuff today. Florida State, it says Florida State has two offensive linemen back. So I really... They practiced this week, but okay. Dickerson didn't practice today. Uh, so I mean, he could have reacted to something. The, the biggest before. thing with this team has been the offensive line, and that's blatantly obvious. I think the defensive defenses match up, uh, you know, pretty well. I mean, Florida State still has, got, still has dogs on that side of the ball. So I could see Florida State loading the box. I could see Nkosi Perry, who unfortunately did not have to do anything last week as – you know, they were just gift-wrapped gift, gift wrapped in the game. Here's the thing. They got, what, two defensive touchdowns? Like, or two or three defensive touchdowns. Like, that was how they covered. They didn't Correct. cover because of Perry. And he's going to have to make plays. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to. That's why I was, you know, I really want to take Florida State here. Um, I'm taking Miami. I got it typed in. But if, those, if, if Florida State's going to have an offensive line, I, I just don't see – I see Florida State loading the box and, and Cozy Perry not being able to go over the top. So um, I could easily see myself on Florida State, especially the public's going to – public might pound this, get it up to 14. So um, I'll take Miami now, but as you can tell, I am not confident at all in this game. Parky? Yeah, I was not reluctant at all in this game either, and uh, I thought this was one of the better lines of the week. I thought it should be more like 16 or 18. Um, but Sean, Sean's insight, you know, brings up some pretty strong considerations. It's really some unknowns. So, you know, my thought behind it was that Miami's defensive line has really, throughout the season, sold me that they're a top 10 starting defensive line. But Sean's right; they're they're thin. So. Um, you know, going up against a Florida State line that, that frankly, has been one of the worst in the country, uh, that that's where I was at. So, you know, him mentioning some things about a couple guys that may be coming back, yeah, that's that definitely make a difference. But I'm going to stick with until they have a game or two where they prove that they can win at the offensive line of scrimmage against a team that matters. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to default back to where they've been playing so far. They this just season. have been so, so and they've been so inept up front that it's like impossible. But they haven't played as a full start. Like, Dickerson got hurt oh, the I, I second series of the Vatek game. And then Kelly got hurt, like, the fourth series. And then that shit show that that game was was directly a, a, attributed to they couldn't go past their sixth lineman. And they went into their seventh and eighth in that game's first half. And then you saw sure. the residual in Sanford and Syracuse. And now they've gotten – and they actually found a guy in Brady Scott – that they didn't have a plan to play. So it, it's just – it's tough. This is – what's the over-under? That might be the, the ultimate play here because I think this is going to be an and ugly a half, one. which you were probably expecting something in the 50s there. So Yeah. they. I'll say this. They've done a real good job of setting this where you could, you know, make a case – a lot of different directions on it. Because if they if one of these guys is out, it's probably a legit line. 
if both are there, it's too many points. And if both are out, it should be an 18-point line because Florida State can't block them with both those guys out. And those guys could play and get hurt within the first All right, uh, let's move on. Sean, your Buckeyes um, are at home, 25-point favorites off a big win against Penn State. Indiana's coming to town. Who you like? Yeah, uh, you know, normally I'd love a, a kind of zigzag spot here, but Ohio State didn't play well, as, as aforementioned. So I'm going Ohio State. I think they get things righted. I think they get up early, and I think they just squash the hell out of Indiana. And um, I think the comments related to their depth and whatnot. Ohio State's got to start to kind of make a statement game. I agree I with that. I'm just I'm playing the letdown angle here. Um, if you guys hold a gun to my head, I have no problem if we uh, make Ohio State a pod play. But if I'm betting this personally, it's Indiana or nothing, and I'm probably laying off this game. I'm going to take Indiana and take the points. Barky? Yeah, if this game were played in Bloomington, I'd I'd be tempted to take the Hoosiers to cover. But as it is, I'm taking the Buckeyes at home. Um, I don't think Haskins plays a snap in the fourth quarter. I think the closest they've that Indiana's played to Ohio State's level is probably Michigan State. Michigan State put 35 on them, so I just I just don't see how they're going to be able to keep up even with this line at 27. Um, Buckeyes are a little banged up. Meyer, Meyer challenged the team yesterday. You know, said that uh, those who aren't contributing better start. You know, whatever that means. I, I see it as some linebackers showing the hell up. Uh, obviously, Nick Bosa's out. They do have a couple people banged up. You know, maybe to keep an eye on defensive tackle Draymond Jones ankle. Um, Weber's got the foot thing kind of hindering them, but they're you know they still got Dobbins in the background. So um, I'm hoping it's a game that they can get ahead early and, and kind of give these guys some rest and allow them to heal up a little bit as we get into you know, the meet at the end of the schedule here in the regular season. So give me the Buckeyes to cover the 27 or 20, yeah, 27, 25. Memphis Matt, 25. Yeah. I, I think they have a bounce back game here. My, my sole concern with this game is every year, Ohio state always ekes out a win against an inferior opponent in the big 10. It seems like it just happens every year where they're, they're a big favorite and they maybe win the game by 10 points or so. Um, I don't think, You'll see that here. I think Ohio State's going to get the cover, and I agree with Farkey. I think you'll see a lot of Martell in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I have a feeling these guys got the riot act read to them a little bit by Urban, so I'll take the Buckeyes here, Next but game, a little reluctant. Here, Arizona State travels to Colorado. Colorado is ranked, um, which is probably why they made the sheet here. Plus, we have the Herm factor. Colorado with two and a half point favors at home. The thing with this guy, game, guys, I still don't think Colorado's that good. Um, they have played Colorado State, who might have the worst defense ever outside of UConn. Um, Nebraska, N- Nebraska and UCLA. Um, Oregon obviously, State. they are so struggling this year. And I didn't know this. Uh, New Hampshire has a football team, so shout out to Luke Grilly. Um, they blow as well. Um, Arizona State's played Michigan State, or beat Michigan State, played Washington tough. I just, I value their schedule more. I. I believe Arizona State should be favored, and I think this is going to be a play of mine. I'm going to take Herm in the two and a half on the road. Farky. So this is going to be a sellout field at Folsom Field this week, and we do have the Herm Edwards factor. So I, I like Colorado here, giving up the points at home uh, under a field goal. I think they've they probably built a little bit of momentum. I read some things about, you know, people are excited. The team's excited that they're back in for the first time since 2016, the top 25, like you mentioned. Record hasn't been good, but I think that has some some substance behind it. 
Uh, it is a revenge game at home. They lost in Tempe last year in the fourth quarter after having a 10-point lead, which essentially kept them out of a bowl, which I know doesn't mean shit because what do you have to win six games? So take that for what it's worth. Um, I'm just trying to find something creative other than the fact that they're a solid team and the bottom line is they're facing one of the worst coaches in the country. So uh, give me give me Colorado here. <laughs> yeah, Shill, you hit on every topic of mine. Uh, the record of the teams that Colorado's beat is 1-17 this year. That's really bad. Uh, Arizona State looked decent on the road at Washington and at San Diego State. Have a nice win against Michigan State. And yes, Herm scares the shit out of me. That guy stinks. But um, I like Arizona State on the, uh, the road here. Um, money line to win the game outright. Yeah, I mean, mine's simple. I'm just going to let Herm do it. You play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You play Hello. to win the game. That's what you do. That's what Herm's going to do this week. He's going to go into Colorado. All them pot smokers and tokers, he's going in there with the discipline squad, and he's going to shut those rabble-rousers up. I love Herm in this spot. I love the Sun Devils, and uh, I'm taking Herm. I'm riding Sparky, with Kentucky, about as hot as they've been in. Gosh, probably numerous decade, decades. They travel to Kyle Field. They're playing AM. AM now six and a half point favorites. This line opened, I believe, short of this, probably in the five range. Um, so a lot of money here on AM to uh, start off the week. Farky, who do you like? It's a lot of points for a top 15 team on the road. I'll say that. But that being said, I think AM's the better team. Uh, they defend the run better than probably anyone in the SEC other than Bama. And, you know, with Kentucky feeding the ball to Snell, um, you know, he really gets that team going offensively, and, and they, they're they frankly going to need him to have a big game, I think, to win this game. Um, Cor- correct. Uh, who's their quarterback? Is it Terry Wilson? Dude's had, had turn turnover. He's been turnover prone when they haven't run the ball well, when he's been forced to throw. And then lastly, I think Kyle Field – at night is just going to be an environment that, frankly, they haven't seen yet this year, and a lot of these players probably haven't played in. So give me AM at home, minus six and a half under a touchdown. Yeah, Farky's right. Um, I was reading today, I think um, Texas A&M is uh, top five uh, rushing defense in the country. Um, that does spell problems for Snell, but I feel like at six and a half points, UK's had a really good year. They had a great win against um, uh last week against South Carolina. And um, I just, I, I like UK on the road getting six and a half. I feel like this should be more like three and a half points. So I'm going to take uh, Kentucky on the road. I'm a little puzzled by the number as well. Uh, I, I went back and forth on this one. Castano is actually going to be out. The freshman linebacker that does the YouTube sensation. Um, but for Kentucky, he will play in the second half. But I got concerns that they don't get buzz stalled early and then make Kentucky kind of get a little one-dimensional, which obviously they don't want to do. So I think the home crowd, I think, is a factor in this. Uh, this is a typically a game that, that Jimbo will dick around with, but I think he actually had that last week with, with Arkansas. That game was a way too close after they jumped out early. I think it gives them a nice little message to send through the week of practice this week. I don't know if you heard so it. He actually had a pretty uh, – his press conference was very similar to what you just mentioned there, kind of you know ripping the team or whatnot. Um, this is my favorite. 
Well, I saw he uh, ripped his player during the game. That obviously made headlines. But th- there, from that little play there, that, that player was acting like a dipshit. So he got what he had coming to him. And it wasn't like it was a Woody Hayes situation. All he did was kind of jerk his head around a little bit. And then, the, you know, the kind of the media makes it out way, way, way uh, blown out of proportion. Uh, one of my just... favorite plays of the week here. Um, now take that with a grain of salt because I had South Carolina last week as well. And they got punched in the mouth by Kentucky. Uh, great run defense by Kentucky. That front seven is probably the best they've ever had. I just think a and going to stop Snell. Wilson, as you guys mentioned before, he's got two touchdowns, five interceptions. I, he can do nothing on the run. I think a and gets out early, and Kentucky can do nothing about it uh, to get back in the game. I'm taking A&M uh, pretty big here. Uh, we're going to stay in the ACC. Interesting line here with Mississippi State looking like dog crap the last couple weeks. Auburn minus three at Stark Vegas here. Memphis, Matt. Yeah, this uh, I'm going to go with Auburn here. Um, it's a tough game in Starkville, but you know what? Uh, or Starksville, but Nick Fitzgerald this year has stunk. He's got four touchdowns, two interceptions, less than 700 yards throwing. Um, and that's just not going to match up well against a really good defense in Auburn. I think Stidham's going to be the difference maker here. I like uh, – Shil, what's the over-under on this? Do you know? 40. Yeah, I mean, I you know, this feels like a – maybe like a 27-10 game Auburn. I, I really like Auburn in this spot. I um, There's one slapdick on here. It looks like it's going to go with Mississippi State. We'll let him, we'll let him explain why he's going to take that pick. Um, that team stinks. I'm tired of hearing about him. Give me Auburn. Yeah, I think actually Auburn last week and struggling a little bit against Southern Mississippi. I think that, you know, maybe kept a little in the tank, geared up for this one. They knew this was going to be a tough one. They probably thought it was going to be on the heels of another ranked win, you know, them beating Florida last week. But obviously Mississippi State didn't hold up to that. I'm worried Mississippi State's not a little run down. They showed some signs of inconsistency against Kansas State. And obviously, it came full circle uh, last week. So, and, and when they played Kentucky last week, I apologize. Um, so, I, I, I think that that's a real problem. Um, I'm going to take the Tigers here. So, I, I just no, they did play Florida last week. So, I was right the first time and wrong the second time. So, I'm taking the Tigers regardless. Screw the Bulldogs. Screw Mississippi State. I can't show tell me why I'm wrong. I'm in between on this game. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the home dog here. Um. Coming into the year, I think, you know, we probably were thinking Stenham or Herbert as probably the number one overall quarterback uh, taken in the NFL draft. And I'm sure we'll get into into that later, maybe in future pods where we start kind of transitioning to the draft and, you know, kind of who we like there. I am not <laughs> in love with this game. Fitzgerald has been disappointing. I think Stenham's been disappointing as well. Um, I'm really just leaning towards the points here. Another under game, you know, I, I, I kind of said that made that cool comment. These SEC games all stink this week. So, you know, as far as the scoring aspect goes, where you're going to see a lot, I think, a 17, you know, 17, 13 games here in the SEC this week. Uh, reluctantly, I'm going to take Mississippi State at home. Farky. Yeah, if I was looking at this game early in the season, I probably would have noted that this is a possible loss or a letdown spot for Auburn. Uh, but that was before Nick Fitzgerald's struggle started. Uh, Auburn's got a great run defense. Um, 
they're just another team in the country we've talked about today that, that really does have a great run defense. Fitzgerald struggled through the air, so that's it for me. I, it, it only being three um, with the way he's throwing Two more the ball, left. Vandy travels to uh, Georgia. Sean, Georgia here, 27-point favorites. Yeah, to me, it's just too many points. I think Georgia's schedule starts kind of bulking up a little bit here. Excuse me. So it's a little bit of a play against that as well, um, trying to get everybody out of here healthy uh, and, and with you know kind of the rest of their frame coming up. So uh, I'm taking Vandy in the points here, uh, and it, you know a play on the Shermer kid and being able to kind of at least squeak a backdoor cover or, or keep it in the 20s. I'm with and, you as um, well. I think Georgia's going to send everybody in the second half. Uh, they're at LSU next week. I'm going to take the points here as well. Sparky? Yeah, I don't have a lot on this game either. I'm going to take Georgia here. Vandy's not the same team week to week. They almost nipped Notre Dame week three and then beat Tennessee State by four. I know who Georgia is. They rolled home, so give me Georgia. Yeah, this is uh, Georgia for me. I, I'm not betting a team that is uh, 1-7-1 against the spread in their last nine conference games. And like Farky said, a team that barely beat Tennessee State. I'm Final not game, betting Notre Dame could be Georgia. Off a big win against Stanford. It was a bad spot for Stanford there. Uh, line open 2.5 if you got it super, super early at bet line. Line's up to 5 now. Uh, Over-under has actually moved from 52.5 to 55.5, so that's moving as well. I think this is a reflection of Ian Book. Um, you know, typically you, you see the action beginning of the week there on the sharp side, and you're seeing that with both the line and the over-under. I was at the game, obviously, as I mentioned, about 8,000 times. Stanford was in a bad spot. David Shaw sucks. He keeps mixing up. Actually, not mixing up at all. There, um, Notre Dame was down or was winning 14-7 at one point, and, you know, I leaned over to Reggie there, who does the uh, baseball podcast with me, and I said – Oh, look at Shaw actually mixing up, and they went right down the field where he was mixing up the plays, throwing and, and whatnot. But, tip, I mean, that final score wasn't indicative of the, of the of the game there. They outgained them 550 to 229, and Costello probably could have had a couple picks there um, early to really stretch the game out before that really happened, middle of the third, fourth quarter. I just think this is a different team with Ian Book. I really like this defense. Virginia Tech – the night game, the spot scares me for Notre Dame, but Virginia Tech's young on defense. I, you know, outside of them playing inner Sandman and being really pumped up for three plays, I just think Virginia Tech, even though they might bring that stupid lunch pail, um, I just don't think they're good enough defensively. Their secondary is very young. I think Ian Book throws on all over them. So typically, typically I would take Virginia Tech here. I am taking Are Notre you? Dame and uh, pretty convincingly, I'm going to lay the five here. Parky. Are you choking on a Vienna sausage? What is it, going on? It's allergies, right and I told you, allergies I told you brutal, I'm man. battling from Jeez, screaming because six units. I ended up having six units on Notre Dame. Um, so kind of battling through that here. So whatever, man. Cool. Parky. Good bet, Tweety. Like I mentioned at the start of the pod, Virginia Tech win last week. At Duke, that still leaves me amazed and shocked. But uh, here, I'm impressed by Ian Book. I'm impressed by Notre Dame on both sides of the ball. Um, they've had a few, a few hiccup wins that we've mentioned, but, you know, so is Clemson. Uh, 
but you know, frankly, books not been involved in that. So as far as I'm concerned, that's not the same team that had those hiccups. And after watching them, you know, have a couple big wins, I'm really sold on them. This oh. is my lock of the week. I know Ohio State was my lock of the week last week, um, but frankly, I'm a loyal Ohio State fan. So if you lost money on that game, I don't give a damn because Ohio State won. So that's all that really mattered to me. But this, I love Notre Dame here. Um, I just I can't see Virginia Tech being a, a team any other other than what we That's think they fair. are, which is less than their win total for the season. <laughs> Farky spitting in the faces of, of the listeners by telling them he don't give a damn if they lost that coin. Hey, I'm with you, though. Hey, look, uh, Virginia Tech's definitely going to bring that lunch pail, but when they open it this week, it's going to have a big old shit sandwich <laughs> in it. Give me Notre Dame. Wow, graphic. Yeah. Uh, uh, here, I, I don't like the, the spot to Shill's point. Jafar Armstrong out. Uh, it looks like Tony Jones is going to play. Uh, Tranquil, you know, he's questionable, so we'll have to see what shakes out with that. All that said, Notre Dame has superior talent. Uh, the Jackson injury for Vatek, I think, is is pretty much critical for them and, and the, the, the kind of straw that makes, breaks the camel's back on this one. I love Notre Dame in this spot. I think as long as they can weather the first – I don't know, two or three possessions of the game, particularly if they get points and shut those heathens up. I think this turns into a, a 34-10, and it's a waste of a perfectly good Saturday night for, for the yeah, broadcasting if, if crew. If you look at the rest of their schedule, this might be the shortest line they face the rest of the year. Now, granted, there are some couple tricky spots there. At Navy, is always a struggle for Notre Dame, but probably and we gotta we gotta monitor what happens with usc that might be the you know they might be a short favorite there at usc to end of the year but uh they get through here they have a real i think a real good chance to run the table i know reggie's gonna be pissed that i just jinxed them but uh you know that's something to monitor here after this game that notre dame might seriously be in uh playoff consideration because they might run the table at this point because i don't with their schedule um you know with Stan, stanford i think down and other teams like that i could really see uh, Notre Dame getting in uh, with one, but with one loss, I think it might be a little difficult with um, how weak some of these other conferences are with probably undefeated teams heading in there. So, got hey, facts are facts. You're right. You're absolutely right. Karma, jinx, luck. That shit doesn't exist. They win this. All right, game, guys. Uh, let's get into our pod picks here. Part. So our consensus picks thus far, we got Michigan State. Um, North Carolina State, which I think we're pretty uh, confident on there. Um, Miami, which I, I think we want to table until we find out more about these Florida State uh, offensive linemen, I believe. Notre Dame is a consensus. Uh, Sean, I think you put some notes over here off to the side of maybe some off-the-radar games. Yeah, I don't know if we want to look at it yet, but I think it might be around time to start looking against and fading Hawaii. Um, they got Wyoming this week. I think Wyoming's getting three at Hawaii. That's an interesting one. And then the one that I, I, I tweeted about earlier in the week, is this a rally around the NCA notice of a lack of institutional control situation that we've got with Baylor against K-State? We know the Memphis Mats disdain for one Bill Snyder at this point. But is Baylor a kind of an interesting play at minus four? I just throw it out there. I actually like it. I think I'm actually going to play Baylor because I think they're going to be able to score. And as Kansas State has shown, they can't score. They suck. I'm fascinated by that. How many times can you investigate lack of institutional control for the, the same yeah, coach? Yeah, here's the, the thing. Program. They can send that notice letter. I can go ahead and send them another letter. And, I can, and the letter is going to be real simple. 
and it's you're no. I'm just gonna say absolutely. They de- absolutely have has consistently shown a, a lack of institutional control under the Art Briles regime. Like, just read, check the police. Uh, j- just tag onto that. I'm, I'm playing Wyoming this week. That's one of uh, one I definitely like. So, shot him with you on that. And if you guys want to play Baylor, um, I'm open. To, I'm open to open. You know, floor concepts, subway tile, whatever Fixer Upper wants to do. I'm all about Waco. I will take Baylor uh, if that's where you guys are headed. So. Another one I was looking at, we didn't do a Memphis Mac game of the week, but they played the worst defense in the country. UConn, UCF gave up 56. <laughs> Boise gave up 62. Rhode Island, 49. Syracuse, 51. And Cincinnati, 49. Lines, 34, over under 78. So you're looking at a probably team total in the 43-ish range, maybe 44. I have no – with the way Memphis has struggled to, um, you know, really – I mean, they, they just want a point pound all week. I have no problem laying a, a Memphis team total over. And I know that's going to piss off Farky, but Farky, you got you got like team total overs, right, man? I mean, I, as long as it has nothing to do with them covering in against the other team or winning Memphis, Matt, any thoughts on the pick here? <laughs> Uh, no, I like these picks. Um, I love Notre Dame, and I actually I think my favorite game of the week is North Carolina State. So um, I like the I like the three picks that we've got laid out here so far. What do you think about the other three? And obviously, we're going to wait on Miami. Let's just sit that out, and then uh, we'll be texting about that, and we'll tweet about whether or not we lock that in. But the other um, three. I like I, I like Memphis sixty three to ten. Um, <laughs> That would at least hit the team total over, which I think we were able to negotiate with Farkas, Farky a bet with that one. You know, I, I, I still feel like instead of a new contract, they should have given Bill Snyder one of those life alert things uh, instead of the, and just paid his monthly subscription to it. So if he falls and can't get up, somebody can drive their ass over there and help him. Um, you guys know my disdain for Waco. That place sucks, but, you know, hey, whatever. If you guys want to play it, I'll jump on it with you. Farky, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll play all those. Uh, my favorite would be no, my t- t- team total over doesn't bother me. Uh, they could score a hundred. I don't care. They're not going to win or cover. Uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's my favorite. I, I do love NC State. Uh, we're not going to play it, but I love a And uh, I'd play Miami too. So right, I, I like recap, everything we have. Um, and I'll tweet these out. Make sure to follow us at NEGPodCFB. We're going to play Michigan State minus 11, NC State minus 4, Notre Dame minus 5. We're going to take Wyoming plus 3. I think there might be some public money there. We might get a a 3.5, so we uh, we can talk about that offline, guys. Baylor probably looks like a play. Memphis team total over, and then we're uh, probably going to wait on Florida State, Miami. Has anybody anybody got anything else they kind of want to add there picks-wise? I think that's right. right. Anything else to end in the podcast? Yep. I'm good. We'll put a bow on it. Back in the winner's circle this week. Guaranteed. Memphis Matt. This is Nick Schill. Uh, Good luck on your week six picks. We will talk to you guys next week. Later. Go tribe. Later. 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 So well you don't like my dirty raps